Thank you, Brenda, for those prayers, and welcome back. It's great to have you here as I hand off the baton as I leave tomorrow morning on some vacation. Well, today we talk about awe and wonder, and it's great to be together if you're here online as we explore this important part of who God is. Now, what is awe and wonder? We see it a lot in Scripture, but what is it exactly? I want to look at a couple of definitions, actually, from Brene Brown that I think shed some light on it. In Atlas of the Heart, she describes the difference between awe and wonder. Awe is that feeling of something so much bigger, often leaving us feeling small. It inspires a wish to acknowledge and unite with the awesome thing in some way. So we might, if you're a follower of Jesus, connect that awesome thing to being God, who he is. Now, wonder, on the other hand, tends to inspire curiosity and a desire to understand. And and both are very appropriate responses to those moments in nature when we're caught off guard by the intensity of our reaction to something gloriously created. And I hope you have had each of those experiences of awe and wonder. We're going to talk about those today because Scripture is clear that Scripture is not the only revelation of God in this world. Scripture again and again talks about nature being a revelation of who God is, and it inspires awe and wonder in us. So let's take a look at a few of those Scriptures, and before we do, let me just pray. God, I thank you for this time together today where we can dig into your word, God, not just to study it, God, but to draw near to you. So may our hearts be open to what you want to speak into each one of us today. Amen. So let's dig in. First, Psalm 65, 8, the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. Last week, I was running, and I took a different path, and I kind of turned to my right and saw this beautiful sunset. And I was not running to see the sunset. It was just happened upon me. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to slow down and stop. I crossed the street. I took out my phone and, and snapped a picture and just enjoyed the beauty of it. Psalm 34 says it this way, Worship in awe and wonder of all who've been made holy. For all who fear him will feast with plenty. Even the strong and the wealthy grow weak and hungry. But those who passionately pursue the Lord will never lack any good thing. Luke in 5.26, Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Psalm 33.8, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. In Acts, we see the early Christians saying, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now, the basic reality of God, I think, is plain enough, and this idea that we can connect with God in nature is clear as we see God showing up in nature. Have you ever wondered what the world was like before humanity showed up? Was God waiting for humanity to worship him? 
maybe a few billion years, like, just waiting, it's taking a while. I had never thought of it that way. You know, I, I think sometimes of humanity and our worship, of course, is important. But scripture tells us that the nature itself is worshiping God. God's creation is testifying to who he is. God wasn't waiting to be worshipped for us to arrive on the scene. The world was already in that place. We see an expression of this in Isaiah 55, 12. You will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Jesus says it this way in Luke. He says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There's this idea throughout scripture that nature is worshiping God and and we can connect with awe and wonder of who God is in nature itself. Paul says it this way in Romans 1. This is the message translation. He says, the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. And we see this globally. We see this with ancient religions, religions that don't know about who Jesus is in the stories we hear about God showing up to Abraham, cultures that have seeing God experience him through nature, there's this response, Paul is saying, that is clear to everybody, that there's something divine happening around us. So that is awe and wonder. And the passage that stirred me for today is the passage that we're going to jump into now. And before we do, just ponder for a moment your own heart. What signs in your life exhibit happen when your heart is disconnected from life? What does life look like for you when your heart is disconnected from it? Is it apathy? Is it not paying attention to people? Is it paying too much attention to people? Do you easily get angry? Do you try to numb out life? When your heart is disconnected, do you feel like you're in a rut? Does it feel monotonous? You're going through the motions. Well, Israel found itself in that very place. We see God's remedy for Israel when its heart was disconnected in Isaiah 29. The Lord says, these people can come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules. They have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. When they see among them their children, the work of my hands, they will keep my name holy. They will acknowledge the holiness of the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel." Isaiah is telling us that the people are worshiping. They're going through the motions. They're, they're coming to church, if you will. They're singing songs. They're, they're reading their scriptures, but their heart is far from God. 
And our heart is key to our relationships with one another and with God. And what is God's solution for them that they are going through the motions? His solution is that that their wonder may increase of God. That they will have more wonder and more awe of God. He doesn't tell them to double down in reading of their scriptures. Those things are good. He doesn't say keep going through the motions. Showing up for worship is good. There's nothing wrong with those things, but their heart has gotten disconnected from the what of their doing and the why of their doing. He says, I want to increase your wonder. I want to increase your awe. I want to fill you with who I am. So what engages your heart? What engages your heart? For me, it's time in nature, solitude, very inspiring. It's doing a barbecue on Mondays on my day off. For Erica, it is not solitude. That does not engage her heart. It's worship. It's art. What restores you? What connects you to God? What connects your heart to God? God's solution for Israel is that their wonder may increase, that they might be in awe. And he wants us to take in his wonder and awe as well. Okay, what are the benefits, shifting gears? What are the benefits of awe and wonder? We've seen that it connects our heart. Um, from a faith perspective, we, we see this. The heavens keep telling the wonders of God, and the skies declare what he has done. As Christians, we believe that awe and wonder inspire us to connect with God. It gives us perspective. It, it shows us who God is and his bigness. When we're in nature and we can experience God, it's not that we're worshiping nature. We're worshiping the one who created it. Causes something in our heart to grow, to come alive. We can slow down. We can take it in. We can reflect on who God is and his vastness and his bigness. Now, we've seen the Bible talk about the importance of awe and wonder and how that can connect us to God. But there's actually been research on what awe and wonder does for us. Um, So it's not only a biblical response, but research shows us the benefits of awe and wonder. And these are some of the benefits. One is humility. One study showed that awe led participants to present a more balanced view of their strengths and weaknesses to others and to acknowledge to a greater degree the contribution of outside forces in their own personal accomplishments. It gives perspective, right? It brings humility. Now, other studies showed that awe and wonder increases our compassion, our kindness, our generosity, our perseverance. When we experience awe and wonder, it lets us know how small we are, but also how big God is. It shifts our perspective. It reshapes our view on our current challenges in life and connects us with the vastness of who God is. 
So how do we cultivate it? How do we cultivate awe and wonder? When was the last time you felt awe or wonder? To be honest, these last three years have been more challenging for me to cultivate awe and wonder. So much of that connection is experiencing something new, seeing a different trail, seeing a different beach, being on a different mountain. And I haven't left Hong Kong in these three years, and I've seen a lot of this city. It's not like, oh, I wonder what's going to be around the next corner. I, I know what's going to be around the next corner. And so it has been more challenging to cultivate it, but I've been reminded about the importance to cultivate it. I remembered the people of Israel and Isaiah's charge to them. And the people of Israel um, did not travel very much. Of course, they, they were on a journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, but most people in that time did not travel outside of a 50-mile radius of their lives. There was nothing new to inspire them. They had to dig in with their current perspective, their current reality, and experience God in awe and wonder in a very familiar place day after day after day. And it was convicting to me, to be honest. Most of us have a lot of privilege and can usually travel very easily. But I can't let my lack of ability these last three years to be an excuse for me, and at times it has been, to not cultivate awe and wonder. So I've had to be more intentional. One of the things I was intentional about is discovering in familiar places what I had failed to see before. What you'll see here in this picture is a waterfall, and um, this is very near our home, and I never knew it was there. And so I had to get curious. It was raining, and I thought, you know what? There's probably some great things in nature that are out there right now. I went and discovered it, and then I went home, and I told Erica, you've got to come see this. And that's us stepping across one of the stones there. Somebody snapped a picture of us and, and gave it to us. It takes intention. It takes an act of the will to bring ourselves into a place of discovering awe and wonder. Your soul was designed for it, was made for it, and it needs it. What relationships, experiences, practices cultivate on wonder in you? And I want to um, give you a chance to share. What are some things? And so Brenda and maybe one of the persons is going to walk around with a mic and would love just to hear, you know, short little tidbits of what for you cultivates awe and wonder. What inspires you? What connects you with your heart? And there could be a lot of different responses because we're all made very different differently, but share a sentence or two about what connects you to awe and wonder. Just lift up your hand and they'll bring a mic to you. For me, I think it's when God responds to uh, my prayers or those who have been praying.
Yeah, I think linked to that, I think it's sometimes when you have perspective, and oh, I'm in front of a mic and a speaker. When you have perspective and you can uh, just kind of look back and see how God was at work in the details as well as the, and so the, the whole bigger picture. Thanks, Anita. Just a second, Dorothy. I think the mic is not on. Uh, for me, it's similar to you. It's usually when I'm out in nature. And I think recently there have been some wonderful cloud formations mm. that we've been able to see over Hong Kong um, during sunset. And I do remember on the in, maybe in the last two or three weeks some fantastic cloud formations um, when the sun was setting. And I was just so filled with awe and wonder at seeing the beauty mm. of that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the next morning everybody's Facebook photos, and I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, that was inspiring. Anybody else? What, what cultivates awe and wonder for you? What are the things that connect you to your heart? I just want to add on to what Dorothy said. I think the, the, the nature, uh, as little as uh, fresh leaves growing out of plants, and, and I found it to be fascinating, mm. the, 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 the life and the power that uh, is given to us. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's good. Anybody else feel inspired to share? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, similar on the subject of nature, I have some little fish hatching my fish pond. Mm. And uh, it just despite all this intensive heat, they come and they survive. And just nature of God is fantastic. Mm, mm. That's good. That's good. All right. Thank you for sharing. Um, that's great. Thank you. Erica's been away on vacation for a while already, and one of the tasks she left me with was keeping her plants alive. <laughs> and she wants updates on them, and not just verbal updates, she wants to see, you know, photos. And at first, the first couple of weeks, it was really a task. Okay, in the morning, let me, you know, water the plants on the balcony and in the courtyard area. I just don't want anything to die, right? It was like tick the box. Um, but after a few weeks, when I would see growth and life, it actually became an on-wonder moment for me. I would go out there and I could see new life happening and to see like just this generative process and to be a part of seeing this grow. And so I was sharing with her yesterday, I was showing her on uh, on video how they're doing and for the most part good I one died but for the most part doing great and I was sharing actually I really enjoyed it she's like yeah because she loves gardening and but that's the extent of it I don't want to weed yet I don't want to replant but just watering was inspiring and it kind of found me sometimes we can see awe and wonder as like an extra an add-on a, a bonus right 
we tend to be very practical in Hong Kong, right? You do the task, you get it done, efficiency, all of those things. Um, awe and wonder is like dessert. Like maybe if it just happens, wonderful, great, but it's not actually a priority in my life to cultivate awe and wonder. Anybody have that reality? What would it look like for you to prioritize on wonder? To not have it be dessert, a nice add-on if it happens. Like on that run, I was not looking to cultivate awe and wonder. It just happened upon me, and I appreciated it. But what would it look like for you to prioritize awe and wonder? How do we cultivate awe and wonder? The first thing is proximity. We have to bring ourselves into a place of encountering awe and wonder. We have to bring ourselves near those places that inspire us with awe and wonder. And so if it's nature, if it's a particular part of nature, then you need to bring yourself into those places to actually experience it, right? When I had COVID back in March, I was isolated in a, in a bedroom, and I do not enjoy being, you know, isolated. I haven't experienced like quarantine hotel yet, but I will. And but one of the things I appreciated when I was in there was I had a window, right? I could see green things outside the window. I had to make it a part of my rhythm to be inspired with awe and wonder. So you have to put yourself in a place to experience it. If nature is where you encounter it, and yet you're at home, you're you know, on concrete, you're in the office, and you're not ever bringing yourself into a place of experience, then it's going to be really hard to experience it. So bring yourself into proximity of it. The other thing is to pause, slow down, take notice of what's around you. Maybe it's something you walk past very quickly every day, and yet maybe there's an experience of awe and wonder that you have just been going too fast to see. Pause. God is in that place of pause and notice. How to cultivate awe and wonder perspective, shifting your perspective. Be curious. Reflect. Enter the moment. Let God reveal to you who he is in that place. Cultivate awe and wonder. Cultivate it. If there was a fourth P, it would be prioritize it. Put it on your calendar. Don't let it be dessert, an optional thing that you might get to. I think in this season of covid I know for me, I have had to work harder at this. So every Monday is, is you know, my day off, and it's like I need to prioritize awe and wonder. It is on my bike. It is in nature, and I've had to do that for my soul in a way that maybe is different, you know, sort of pre-COVID. Prioritize it for yourself. Allow yourself to see and encounter God's bigness. Remembering was one of the key tasks of Israel. Remembering who God was. Remembering 
God around them, remembering God in nature, remembering what God had done for them. Remembering for us is also a part of our faith. We'll come to the table after this next song, but do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. Cultivating awe and wonder is multifaceted. It's connecting with who God is. It's remembering who God is. And during this song that we're singing, allow it to be a time of connecting with God in your heart, of slowing down, of of remembering how big God is, of remembering his faithfulness to you. Allow yourself to experience him as you worship him. God, I thank you that you are near. I thank you that you are a faithful God, that you are here right now, that you are all around us, God, in this beautiful world that you have given us and placed us in to steward well. So may we encounter you afresh. Amen.